You're listening to the Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Barita. I'm a 16-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law and leadership topics, company leaders like CEOs, managers, and HR professionals would often ask me where can they find a little more information on this and a little more information on that. Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people only have 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to company leaders. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny podcast. Today, I want to talk about guidance published this past summer, jointly put together by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the U.S. Department of Justice, entitled Long COVID as a Disability Under the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And in the front of the guidance, they acknowledge, while many people with COVID-19 get better within weeks, some experience symptoms that can last months or may have new or recurring symptoms at a later time. And they reference that those individuals with this condition are often called long haulers, and the condition itself is called long COVID. And then it states quite clearly that this guidance explains that long COVID can be a disability under Titles 2 and 3 of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, and Section 1557 of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, with all three of those laws protecting people with disabilities from discrimination. Okay, so there you have it. Long COVID can be a disability. Now, just as a reminder of how these uh, laws define a person with a disability, it, it could be an individual with a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more of the major life activities of such individual, a person with a record of such an impairment, or a person regarded as having such impairment. So in summary of, of that, <laughs> a person with long COVID has a disability if the person's condition or any of its symptoms is a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. So in, in the guidance, they list the common symptoms of long COVID, and they're um, they're relying on per the CDC. So these include loss of taste or smell, fever, depression or anxiety, tiredness or fatigue, difficulty thinking or concentrating, which they call brain fog, joint or muscle pain, cough, chest pain, fast beating or pounding heart, um, known as heart palpitations, dizziness on standing, heart headache, shortness of breath, damage to multiple organs like heart, lungs, kidney, skin, and brain. And noting that while this list is not exhaustive, um, you know, that you can see there's quite a few things on there um, so far, right? So, uh, and, and many of these also cited as the actual symptoms of COVID-19 itself. So 
or other conditions, clearly, um, many, many different conditions where you have, you know, fever or also have a headache or, you know, any, any number of these um, listed symptoms. So the guidance goes on to answer the question, is long COVID always a disability? With the answer being no. Okay, then, so, you know, (laughs) how does the company leader sort this out to figure out if it is? According to this guidance, they want an individualized assessment um, stating it's necessary to determine whether a person's long COVID condition or any of uh, its symptoms substantially limits a major life activity. Interesting. Interestingly, uh, they put a note right there that the CDC and health experts are working to better understand long COVID. I'm not sure how that statement is helpful uh, in the guidance or to any of us, but okay. I mean, it sounds like you're committing to the fact that you aren't sure, but they're working on it. It's like someone in the middle of them drafting this guidance was like, wait a minute, we don't want to commit to anything fully because we don't really know. And someone else was like, you know what? We should just tell them we're working on knowing. <laughs> and so, so they added it in. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. Um, whoever added that guidance, uh, right, that, that sentence to the guidance, great job. Um, I'm sure we all feel much better now knowing that you don't know, but you're, you're working on knowing. Um, anyhow, uh, back to the other parts of the guidance, uh, the rights, um, the rights they identify for those qualifying for a disability due to long COVID, you know, it's what you would expect under these laws anyway for um, someone with a disability. Um, so the protection from discrimination, uh, the accommodations, and how is this really all going to play out in a real life scenario? I mean, uh, how could long COVID be a disability if, you know, if they don't declare that COVID-19 itself may be a disability? And you know what? That's exactly the place a federal court in Pennsylvania went. So let me tell you about an employee um, in Pennsylvania, and her name is Ninoshka Mateus, working um, at a company called Terrapin from August 28th, 2020, until November 22nd, 2020, uh, in the role of direct support professional. She's bringing a lawsuit alleging disability discrimination by her employer in part under the Americans with Disabilities Act. You see, back in November 2020, November 19th specifically, Ms. Mateus allegedly informed Terrapin of her need for leave under the FFCRA. Remember that law? (laughs) Because that was, you know, um, still very active back then. A lot of employers were, um, you know, required to follow it. So, She alleges that she texted a representative of Terrapin to inform them that she felt ill. And when the representative of Terrapin inquired into whether Ms. Mateus was experiencing symptoms, she said she was losing her sense of taste and smell. Now, Ms. Mateus underwent COVID-19 testing that week, and it did turn out that she tested positive, which she told Terrapin about on November 22nd, 2020. So November 19th, she initially told them she was feeling um, unwell and was losing her, her sense of taste and smell. And then just a few days later, on the 22nd of November, she informed them of the positive test. So on that same day, November 22nd, her employer, Terrapin, terminated her employment, 
purportedly because she was not a good fit, according to them. Ms. Mateus alleges she received no discipline prior to that date and that, um, in fact, uh, she believes that, and in her allegations, she says that her employer, Terrapin, regarded her as having a disability at that point and that that's really why that led to Terrapin decisions to terminate her. So when I read the court's opinion on this case, what was interesting to me was that she originally sued uh, well, there was a lot of things interesting, but one of the things that was interesting was that she originally sued um, only under the FFCRA in May 2021. But in August 2021, she, or I could say her lawyers, added the Americans with Disability Act, Disability um, Act claims, um, as well as her state disability law um, claim to her case. So why do you ask? Well, what happened between May and August of 2021? Well, the guidance that we just went over got published in July 2021, that long COVID was recognized as a disability. So what happened was, uh, or at least what I think happened, right, is that the, um, you know, the attorneys um, realized that there may be a claim there and added it. And then in reaction to them adding that claim, what happened was the attorneys for the employer moved to dismiss those disability claims. And in a September 16th, 2021 opinion and order of the court, the federal judge, Joseph Leeson Jr. in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania said he would not be dismissing the disability claims. And he said that the facts that were pled supported that employer Terrapin regarded Ms. Mateus as having a disability under the Americans with Disability Act as amended when it terminated her the same day that she disclosed her positive COVID-19 result. Stating Terrapin failed to establish that COVID-19 represents a transitory and minor impairment. Now, if you read the 14-page opinion, which I know none of you have and you likely will not, um, the employer Terrapin had argued several things in this, um, and one of them being what the judge, what I just said, the judge said was that the disability was transitory, meaning temporary, right? Because of how long someone has COVID-19. Um, and they also argued that it was minor because many people recovered. Um, and if they had been successful with those two arguments, getting both of them in there, then they would possibly be, um, eligible for the exception to the protections afforded under these disabilities, uh, disability acts. But they weren't successful <laughs> because the court's answer was that even if they provided the evidence of COVID-19 being transitory, okay, like uh, temporary, they failed to establish that it was minor and um, both have to be proven. And then the court went on and on in the opinion, citing to all kinds of things, you know, um, about why it was not, uh, why COVID-19 was not considered minor. So, um, but I won't get into all of that, but one of the things that the court partially relies on in its opinion, guess what it is? Yeah. The recent guidance developed by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Justice, where it said long COVID uh, is um, potentially a disability under the ADA. Okay. So um, the the court cited to that and then um, quoted parts of it. They said, um, and, and I thought, well, you know, and, and you may be thinking this is too, um, 
you know, when we're, we're talking about this particular case, we're talking about an employee with COVID-19 who doesn't yet I have long COVID, right? Still, the court referenced a piece of this guidance as stating COVID-19 is um, a physiological condition affecting one or more body systems, and that it may be a physical or mental impairment under the ADA. And the court totally relied on that. And remember, you know, when when Terrapin and the, and the company leaders at Terrapin or whoever it was that made the decision to let Ms. Mateus go, they didn't know about this guidance because it would not be published until seven or eight months later um, from when they made this decision to let her go. And we don't really know, you know, because it's all in the lawsuit and allegations, if, if it would have made a difference in this situation. Uh, one of the other issues being um, that the court referenced the issue of, uh, they call it temporal proximity, uh, aka, in my words, a close in time decision, you know, uh, you know, between Miss um, Mateus's disclosure of the COVID-19 symptoms, remember I told you it was on the 19th, then her positive test, which um, just followed on the 22nd, and then her termination being the same day. So all close in time, which the court said raised a strong inference that her employer regarded her as disabled. Um, so uh, either way, the case should serve as a cautionary tale to company leaders. Um, one, reminding them that these disability laws in the U.S. are very tricky and comprehensive. And two, it doesn't take much um, for a company leader to make a series of decisions that cause questions about whether they were in alignment with the disability law. You know, because it's more than just the issue of discrimination when it comes to disability. It's about the accommodation issues, too. And in this case, you know, there doesn't appear to be any facts yet uh, supporting that there was any individualized assessment, you know, that um, that's referenced in that guidance on long COVID um, and that the court relies on. So, so what to take from all this? Well, when you hear an employee has a medical condition um, and if your company falls under these disability laws at the state or federal level, I say hit pause, you know, hit the pause button. Because it can be right there in that spot where the decisions are made that make a difference as to whether you appropriately handle the disability or potential disability of an individual or an individual regarded as having a disability or that you don't handle it right. And I'll leave you with that. And that's Legal Skinny on Long COVID, the new disability. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. I would love for you to go to www.legalskinny.com forward slash review to learn the super simple way to leave me a review to tell me which topics and guests you like. I value your thoughts and your review helps me support more company leaders just like you to grow as a leader themselves and to grow successful teams. I also drop the link in the show notes if that's easier for you. And while you're there, check out all the other resources I have for you as a company leader. And don't forget, our disclaimer to remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.